Hey, this is Kevin, host of the Dad Bod Wad podcast. I'm excited that you're here today. If you're already a subscriber to the show, thanks so much for already being part of an amazing community of dads fighting the dad bod. And if you're here for the first time, make sure you subscribe to the show because like always, we have an amazing conversation lined up for you. Today we have Cam Hall, who was always the fit guy growing up, but he had a terribly weird relationship with food to achieve his goals. It turns out that he ate chicken and carrots for literally every meal, like for years. Welcome to the Dad Bod Wad Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Torres, and I'm all about teaching new or soon-to-be dads how to get into great shape in as little as 15 minutes a day. I know too well what it's like to be in the throes of early fatherhood and the feeling of being overwhelmed with all the demands for your time, and the things that you love to do tend to fall by the wayside. But your fitness should not be put on the back burner. You shouldn't be put on the back burner. That's why I made it my mission to teach new or soon-to-be dads that you can still consistently work out, see results, and not feel stressed for time, so you can be the best version of yourself when it matters the most throughout your years of fatherhood. My goal is to help you be the father your family needs and achieve the fitness that you want. And on today's show, we have Cam Hall, a nutritionist and founder of fightthedadbod.ca. In fact, I hired him earlier this year to help me get back on track when I was in a post-holiday run. Cam is an overall great guy with tons of positive energy, as you'll hear in the show. And unlike most fitness influencers on Instagram, Cam chose to focus his expertise on nutrition rather than the fitness side of things because of his experience and struggles with finding a healthy relationship with food. You see, Cam was always known as the fit guy. He played sports in high school and in college, and he spent extra time in the gym while other athletes were partying. However, Cam also had this super unhealthy relationship with food. In order to achieve his desired look, he literally ate chicken and carrots for nearly every meal with brown rice for one of those meals for years. And when he and his wife had their first baby, Cam, like most busy dads, was overworked, overstressed, and he ended up putting on like a ton of weight. So in order to get that weight off, he reverted back to his old habits of eating chicken and carrots. It wasn't until he went to a seminar where he unlocked the secret to losing weight and keeping it off without cutting calories or fasting. Throughout this conversation, you'll hear how Cam's relationship with nutrition changed and how he's applying those principles to successfully coach other men to do the same. You'll also hear the simple no-frills PFC every three formula that he teaches his clients to use. And we'll also discuss a sample meal plan that you can implement tomorrow. You'll want to stick around to the end of the show where we discuss how you can implement this no diet strategy into your family's routine, starting with tomorrow's breakfast. So without further ado, here's my chat with Cam Hall. All right, Cam, thanks so much for being on the show today, man. I really appreciate it. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Congratulations on the podcast. Thanks, man. I really appreciate it. It's been a a little work in progress and it's been an idea in my head for like several months or so. And in January, I thought maybe I should start it. And so a couple of months later, here we are. So it's pretty exciting. Excellent. Yeah, man. How's everything going with you? You're in Alberta, Canada? Alberta, Canada. Yeah. So that's like on the, so that's like on the Western side by the Pacific. Yeah. If you're in the United States and you're in Montana, I live, the city that we live in is an hour North of the Montana border. So if I, Almost like directly two hours north of Great Falls is where we are. That's awesome. And how is like the whole Corona pandemic hitting you guys up there, if it if at all? Yeah, it's picking up right now, right? So 
in our province of Alberta right now, there is a health announcement that there's 578 cases in our province, which yesterday there was 311. And so it's at that, that growing, that growing pace. And so we've been put into not lockdown, like a lot of places who are maybe ahead of us in, in where this pandemic is going. Uh, But we are in that self-isolation, physical isolation stage right now. There's no school. Kids have been sent home. A lot of, lot of unessential services have been stopped. It's an interesting time. This is an unprecedented time. I know. It is really a crazy time in our world, in our history. And I, I was uh, talking to a couple of teachers the other day, and I said, like, this one, this is going to be like a defining moment in our generation, I think. Like, the way, you know, World War II or the Great Depression and others or like, uh, you know, 9-11 for, you know, for me. And like, I think people will refer to this, like these times, like the pre-corona era and like post-corona, like whatever happens after this, um, how, how the government responds or how institutions respond, how businesses respond, how small municipalities, the federal government, whatever, there's going to be a, a, a shift in, in, you know, even, we're even seeing that like with the, with working remotely, like so many people are working remotely now. I think people are going to realize that they actually don't need to go into a physical building anymore to like get the work done. It's, it's interesting uh, because I'm in education as well, right? Vice principal of a high school. And some of our staff are still coming into the building. I'm still going into the building, but a lot of our staff have chosen to work from home. And we went full online with our classes for our school on Monday. And we were talking about it today that this is really going to shape pedagogy and how we educate our children. We're, we're excited about that side of it, but we never planned to go online on Monday. And I think what we're noticing now is that lack of connection. And I see that when I'm talking to guys uh, through the Fight the Dabal community or at work at the school or even people in our community, like you and I right now are on a podcast recording the audio, but we can see each other because we are also seeing each other on video. Right. And so connection has changed. And I think we we have always seen connection as this aspect of uh, proximity. I'm close to you, so I'm connected to you. I see you, so I'm connected to you. And what this online transition has done, it's going to force us to dig deep into what is a true connection and what connections are we making with people. And I'm excited to see where that takes us. So what kind of, what does that look like to you then? Or how deep do you have to go? Or how, how can you make connections with people online? What do you think? I don't know. It's interesting, right? Because you and I both have a social media presence and that's how we build our community. And that's how you and I met, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And so I know, you I, and I haven't actually met in real life, but we've known right, each other. Yeah. We've communicated yeah. online multiple times. Uh, for those who don't know, he's actually I, my nutritionist coach. And so we've been working <laughs> really closely with that. Um, but yeah, so continue. Yeah, so so we connected online, and I think there's more and more social connection. We got social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, TikTok's taken off because it's purely entertainment. It's really cool, um, and people see these. But now people have been put in self-isolation. They're diving into their phones, and yet there's something missing. I had a comment come to me from a kid today who said, I feel like I just need to go out and see a human being. I just want to go to the mall. I can't wait till I'm allowed out of my house just to see another human being because we thrive on that that connection piece. And it's important to understand when we come back from this, when this is done and it goes and we get back to the new normal, 
when everybody comes back into the school and you go back into your workplace or you're connecting with your loved ones where it's not FaceTime, but now you're face-to-face, think of how can I make that connection deeper than it was two months ago when it was FaceTime, when it was my phone, when it was a computer screen. But now I'm here, I'm with you, we're together. Like, I'm interested. I don't know the answer to what that looks like or how to make that happen. I think that's going to be a natural progression on how we treat each other and how we connect. Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Or the the opposite, not the opposite, but like, you know, complacency sets in and we go back to normal and it's like, oh my God, it's so good to see you again. And I'm so excited. Like, I'm never going to take this for granted again. And then a week from now, it's like, man, I really could use that weekend again. I'm sick of this place again or whatever, you know? Yeah. Uh, Because that's just human nature also to some extent. So yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. I'm more interested in like how people can, can make authentic connections over the internet. That's Um, like, yeah, you know, like, cause there is, that's what's happening. Right. And right now, every single teacher who's home teaching their, I mean, every single teacher who's doing remote learning right now or remote teaching, they've already had the benefit of having their students from September, right? Or building relationships. Yeah. In, 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 in person, or if they're in like a two semester system, then since January, right? So they have at least seen the students in real life and now they're working remotely. But if we were to met, like start a new semester and just have like a log of a hundred new students who we've never met before all online, then that's where like, okay, now how do we start connecting with people? How do we develop authentic relationships? Um, you know, what does it look like? Because in the classroom, I could, you know, tell you a little bit about myself or whatever, right? But like, and, and I'm there. And I'm there. I'm yeah. There. So that proximity piece is there. So I, I feel like I'm, if I'm there in front of you in person, I can push you towards a certain outcome. Hey, let's go. Like I can use body language and yeah. all these things that you can see. But when we're connected via the screen and you just decide, boop, I'm going to mute you or boop, I'm going to turn your video off, how can I still make an authentic connection with you? It's it's interesting. Which today, actually, I had a work meeting. Um, we had a like, a, like a, a Google Hangout and it was my leadership team and I'm I, they set scheduled it. It was originally for three and I said, I could make three work. Then they scheduled it for 12. And in my mind, I'm like, 12 is impossible. I'm going to be making lunch and everything for the kids. And, you know, my two daughters are home. Um, and so, you know, I was in the meeting. I was like connected to the meeting. I had my headphones in, I was listening, but I was like half there, you know? Not and uh, yeah. And I was just thinking about like, if I was in the office with everybody, I'd be there, I'd be making jokes, you know, I'd be like keeping the conversation going. And I had, I, I was on mute most of the time because I didn't want them to hear the babies talking in the background and just like, or me asking them what they want for their lunch, you know? So I like that's, muted that's most. That's real life though. That's real I life. Know. Like I said, I know. when we jumped on this call, I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm in my living room right now. The dog's going to bark. The kids are downstairs. They're probably going to start laughing. That's dad life. <laughs> you know, that's the way it is. Well, and for those of us who are dads or parents in general, like I think this experience of like the the working from home, the forced work from home, um, there are like two totally different experiences happening right now. There's the single or not single or childless couple or single 
person out there, right? The bachelor or bachelorette that they're working from home right now and their day looks wildly different than mine, right? They're Netflixing, maybe they're creating content, you know, or, or following a passion of theirs, playing, learning a guitar, learning a language or reading books, whatever they're doing, but it's their time, right? Yeah. Well, let's, like, let's look at it this way too. Like you and I are, are both on Instagram, right? We got our accounts. That's how we connect with our guys. And I'm still going to work. While meantime, I'm looking on to some of the guys that you've interviewed already on your podcast. Yeah. But I'm, I'm looking at these guys and they're just diving into like home workouts and nutrition bundles and all this stuff and things that I want to offer my community. Right. But I'm still, I'm, I'm at work or my kids are with me, which is fine too. But it's just a different, it's a different perspective and a different time. And you feel that almost, almost in the situation you're not living up to the end of the bargain that you feel like you should be. People are looking at me for an example, and I, I'm just trying to keep my head above water right now, trying to balance kids at home, wife at work, me at work, no school, all of this. And it's all that. I think we get to that comparison piece too, like you said. Hey, somebody who's single, lives at home, doing their thing, they're struggling in different areas than you are. Yeah. Right? I bet – you're you're at home worrying about your kids being heard over your conference call and they're at home being like man i wonder what john in the corner office is doing right now and i haven't seen that guy for a while i wonder if he's okay because they are truly in that self-isolation piece right and yeah we all are navigating this very differently um but I don't think anybody's got an easy go at it. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. And, and I'm not like comparing it in terms of like easy versus not, but the experience of like is is still – and like in a week or so from now when Alberta is finally like you must stay home from work too, right, and tells you you have to stay, then you'll experience like working from home, quote unquote, is – the opposite of working from home. It is, well, I mean, your kids are a little older, so you could, you know, you could reason with them to some extent, right? Whereas like a, a one-year-old and a three-year-old, there's no reasoning. It's like there, I, I could be on a work, I could be trying to do work and they're, they're just nonstop. And I, you know, my little, my older one wakes up really early. She wakes up like around five 30 every day. She's, she's crazy. Um, but that's just what she likes to do. She wakes up at that time and then she goes to sleep really early. They both go to sleep at like seven, seven thirty. So f- basically from like five 30 AM until like seven 30 PM, I'm on, you know, my wife is on, like we're both on like, yeah, we alternate here and there to like take work calls and stuff, but we're essentially like full-time parenting all day long. And then you know, 7.30 hits, they go to bed, we give each other a high five and like, man, that was another day in the books. Collab. And then it's, yeah, collab, <laughs> exactly. But then it's time to actually do work. It's like, I have deadlines, I have to hit, I have, you know, like whatever. So it's like, it like this experience is not like much different where I feel like the dream of working from home, maybe if you're single is like, yeah, you know, I could wake up and whenever I want, I could, you know, watch some Netflix, crank out some work if I want to and stuff like that. So again, I'm not comparing it in like a good or bad. I'm just saying like the, the, the experiences are definitely wildly different, Agreed. you know? Agreed. Yeah. So I'm just, it, it'll be curious. I'll be curious to see like what the outcome, like the long-term sort of like outcome of um, this experience for the country or the world will be like, how, what equity looks like for working parents, you, you know, know working. Yeah. This, is, this is going to be our walking 
to school uphill both ways in the snow conversation. It'll be you'll be talking to your grandkids. Back in the pandemic of the twenties, I had to work from home. What do you mean you don't like school? Get out to the building. Let me tell you about no school. You know, like it'll be you know this will be something we look back on as a, a, a you know a time of change and a shaping moment for sure. Yeah, it's it's crazy, you know, like especially yeah, just like yeah, I don't know. So, um, but yeah, so as I mentioned before, you're a nutrition coach. Um, I guess my coach, it, eh? yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> my coach in particular, and how like how did you? Everyone else in the fitness space, I feel like, is into the fitness stuff, right? Like the bicep curls you know, like watch me do a workout and then you do the same workout type of thing, but you went the nutrition route. How did you get in fascinated or into the nutrition and not just the working out? So I, growing up, I was always involved in sports and athletics and super active growing up in a family where that was encouraged. My brothers and I all played sports. I ended up playing collegiate basketball. And then with the fitness side of it, I was playing sport, athletic, pretty strong, had an opportunity through collegiate athletics to learn how to train and really take my body to like peak performance. And I was probably in the best shape of my athletic career right after I finished playing. So uh, probably 23, 24, even getting to 25, 26, you start to get man strength a little bit and you get stronger. But my problem came from the disconnect between what fitness was – the purpose of fitness for me uh, between performance-based to kind of that shallow appearance-based. So a little background on that is I was always Cam the fit guy, right? I was always Cam the gym guy that, you know, Cam with the arms, Cam with the hops. Like that's all, I was the basketball player who worked out a lot, was in good shape and people knew me as that. And I started to equate my personal identity identity with that. And so when I finished playing and I was still finishing off uh, my second degree in university, I had a hard time. Like, who am I? And oh, I'm fit guy. Like I have to stay fit. And so fitness was always this thing I just had to do. It wasn't that I wanted to do it. It's I felt like I had to. And so in my late twenties, I was just trying to get as ripped as possible and as focusing on fitness what I wasn't focusing on was my nutrition. And I developed a really unhealthy relationship with food. For about a year and a half, all I wanted to do was get shredded. So I was hitting the gym hard, but all I was eating would be chicken, carrots, and rice. That was literally it. And I'm not even exaggerating. My wife was in the house right now. I could get her and she could tell you. It was it was insane. I'd wake up in the morning and for breakfast, I'd have chicken and carrots. Three hours later, my timer would go off. I'd have chicken and carrots. I'd have chicken and carrots four meals a day. I'd have chicken and rice two meals a day. I would be on the golf course with my buddies in the summer and be like in the cart and all of a sudden go, dee, 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 dee. oh, I would go to my golf cart, pull out the, on my bag, the barbecue chicken with the rice. Like They're like, what are you doing? And so I had a super unhealthy relationship with food. I was, I was using food as a tool to get a desired result, like lose weight or build muscle. I wasn't using food as fuel. And so fitness was always easy for me. The nutrition was hard. And after I got married, um, my wife was just like, you got to, like, you're not doing this anymore, right? You, you got to take care of yourself. We got to 
get you on track. And so started eating a little bit better. Didn't really have a solid plan. Fitness was good. Hey, I was 30 years old. Everything was rolling. Kim and I, my wife's super active, played collegiate sports and basketball as well and was training people. And we just lived that life. Hey, we were the fit couple. Great. <laughs> so we got married in 2011. Beginning of 2012, my daughter, Maya, was born. And she's amazing. And you know what? Kim and I heading into it, we're the fit couple. We're like, oh, yeah, nothing will change. You know, Maya's going to... We didn't know it was Maya at that time, like the right. or a girl. We're like the baby's going to be born, if, and we're just going to continue on, and nothing will change. And <laughs> you know, as a dad, like you couldn't that couldn't be further from the truth, right? And so, reality struck. Could no longer get to the gym five, six days a week for an hour and a half to two hours. Couldn't get the training in that I was used to. Totally upset our life routine, which is. Expensive should be expected. Hey, if you're a dad listening to this or an expecting dad, mm-hmm. Hey, get ready. Life's not going to be the same. Just, you, you just got to wrap your head around it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so, but I couldn't. And in the six to eight months after my was born, I say six to eight, because in there was like August, July, August kind of in there. And in that summer, I always go back to that. Oh, I want to get shredded. So again, go back to those unhealthy ways. But in that eight months, I put on 20, 28 pounds. So just over 25 pounds in about eight months after I was born. And people who knew me just thought I was quote unquote bulking. They're like, oh, it's okay. Cam's just bulking. I'm like, it's it's August. It's September. I'm not bulking. And I've never bulked before. I was always the lean guy, right? So in my head though, when I looked in the mirror and the what I, I didn't like what I saw. And when I wasn't sleeping properly and I wasn't fueling properly. And with a baby comes less sleep, more stress, more quick grab and go meals, eating unhealthy. And it just got worse and worse. And I was in a pretty tough spot. And I was like, okay, I'm going to take care of this. You know what? I'm going to take control of my health. And so what did I do? Fitness was easy, but the food was hard. I just went back to doing what I did in my late twenties when I was starving myself, chicken, rice, carrots, chicken, rice, carrots to get rid of this weight that I had gained, right? right? Oh, I just rely on it. So the reason I'm telling you this, and it's a long story, is that this is how I got into the nutrition. So, um, yeah, go well, ahead. Well, let me, let me stop you really quickly before you go a little further, because there are a couple of things I want to unpack in that story that I think are is, is worth digging into a little bit. Is one, the chicken, rice, and carrots uh, diet. That's, first of all, that's, how did you eat that much chicken? How did you? I would buy. Okay, so we would go to, I would go to the grocery store and we have a four kilogram box of chicken. Yeah. Right? And a four kilogram box of chicken is like quite large. I would eat two and a half of those a week by myself and then mini carrots and fresh carrots. And then I'd get a thing of like instant brown rice and eat that. I saved a lot of money on groceries. Yeah, I bet. But man was i unhealthy right i was hangry i had a short fuse i just i was not pleasant to be around and how long were you able to maintain that like how many years or months were you eating oh, this chicken rice? The, first, the first time i did it when i wanted to get shredded i was 28 years old did for a year and a half holy crap i was and- so lean i was so lean that i had a photo shoot done i was so lean that after i worked out my skin looked blue like around like my my arms especially because that's where I get really like my like it was just like I, I was sub six percent I was unhealthy like so I was unhealthy. 
yeah. yeah, it wasn't a healthy relationship to say the least. Like you were lean, you got the abs and that's, but it, it was definitely like in not the best way. But then when you got married and your wife was like, okay, like we can't, I need a, a, a husband who's actually going to eat normal food around my house, and, right? And not, and not be angry every night. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We could dig, dig a little deeper into that too. Like how like that imbalance of like nutrition led to other stresses, but like, so then did you, when your wife was like, come on, I want you to eat regular food. Was there resistance where you're just like, okay, I'll eat regular food. And then threw caution to the wind. And then that's how you blew into 28 pounds. Well, like what, 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 what was that shift there? Well, the first year we were married, it was fine. It was just eating regular food. Um, now this sounds bad saying it this way, but like looking and reflecting upon it, it was probably like, Hey, you know, I'm married. I'm married to the woman I love. Do I need to be shredded anymore? Right, right, right. right? Like I, I'm still in good, I'm good, still in good shape. I'll be fine, you know. And then just influence, and just had more foods into my into my nutrition plan, my diet at that time. It wasn't until a year later when Maya was born that when the structure of what I had built in that routine was upset, I didn't know how to react because I didn't have a plan. So I was what I was doing is I was just using like these quick fixes, or I'd Google something, or I'd look something up, or what a buddy in the gym would tell me I needed to do to get to a certain point, whether it was build five pounds of muscle or lose five pounds of body fat. Like it was like these phases, like, oh, what's the flavor of the day this month? You know, like right. and so that's what it was. It was no sustainable plan. And so when Mai was born and my routine got upset. I, f- I fell apart, right? That falls apart because you can't maintain that when you're trying to play catch up all the time. And so what were you eating for the those 28 pounds when Maya was born, those eight months? Whatever I could, right? So here's the thing. You get up in the morning, you're tired because the baby's up at night. And even though my wife was awesome, my, ba- my wife would, was off on that leave and I was still going to work. She'd be like, hey, I'll feed at night. And then I, but as a new dad, you feel obligated to get up for the first like five, four months where like, oh, you feed the baby and I'll burp the baby. Yeah, or I'll get you water. Or I'll, you know, yeah, 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 right. And so Kim was really good and saying, Hey, you know what? Just go to bed. You know what? I, I got this. And then in the days, I would bottle feed Maya when my, Kim wasn't was tired or something, right? But in those moments, it's like, Okay, get up in the morning, you're exhausted. I don't really want to make a healthy breakfast, so I'll just grab the sugar laden cereal. Or and then at mid morning, I'm getting a little bit hungry because that sugar in the cereal caused a blood sugar spike and a crash. And so now I'm at that time, I was teaching as well, so I'd run to the school cafeteria and get this big double-A greasy bagel with cheese that's probably like 1,700 calories in it. And then, That's awesome. And for lunch, yeah, it tasted fantastic. And then at lunch, it's just like you're just eating whatever you could get your hands on. And then you get home. You're tired at the end of your day. You don't know why you feel a little bit off. And you're like, oh, you know what I could go for? A couple chips. By a couple, I mean I'm just going to crush that bag of – you know, ripple chips and the dip. And, you know, at that point I was drinking more beer. Like I haven't, I don't, I'm not a big beer drinker now, but at that point it's like, yeah, oh, have a beer and, you know, and then just fall asleep with no activity, not going to the gym, not walking. It was just an unhealthy cycle, which I think a lot of guys get into. Like that's where the whole dad bot thing comes, right? It's just, you fall out of your routine and you kind of let it go. And then you get three months in and you're like, oh, I'm three months in. I'll try next month because I'm just too tired to do it now. Because now you've put on a little bit of extra weight, your body's metabolism is starting to slow, and you just don't have the drive that you did before to, to stay in shape. So 
that's where it came from. Unhealthy eating, drop in metabolism, drop in activity, and no sustainable plan. No, no plan of attack, no accountability too. Yeah. You know, my wife was like super supportive. Like our spouses and partners, guys, like they're always going to be supportive. That's why I, I talk to a lot of guys. I'm like, hey, do you have someone in your life who can hold you accountable? Oh yeah, my wife's super supportive. No, you can't choose your spouse because they've seen you. Your spouse loves you. Your partner loves you and they're they're with you to support you, right? For better, for worse. And so they might see you're struggling, but they're always, always going to lead with that loving side that's like, it's okay. Hey, I still love you. You can do this. <laughs> it's okay. You can do this, but I still love you. But they've seen you try and fail and they've seen you try and fail, but they're always going to be supported no matter what. And that's why I always recommend guys and strongly recommend guys get a coach in whatever it is they're doing because then it's like, you need some tough love sometimes, right? It's like, what's more important to you right now? And so that's where the accountability piece comes in. And I didn't have that accountability that I needed. It's just interesting to think like, you know, how even, and I'm sure most of the audience hasn't experienced like 6% body fat, you know, chicken and rice, broccoli, uh, carrots regimen for, you know, but, I think everybody can relate to the 28 pounds in eight months with when the baby first comes, right? Or if they're, you know, if their baby hasn't come yet or they're just in the early days of it, use this as sort of like, uh, you know, like the, as like the warning story or whatever that. Here's the worst part. So Maya was about a year old and I had put on some weight and just like, here's the thing. Like, (laughs) Maya's born, this beautiful daughter, and just instantly I'm wrapped around her finger, right? Love her, love everything. And it was such a cool experience having a little girl, (laughs) you know? And, and you you know, like, so that just becomes your focus. and, And everything that you're doing is about, you know, your wife and your child and that. And so, uh, I, I put on that way about eight months after and I didn't feel great. So I'm like, Oh, okay. Everything's kind of settled in, you know, Maya's about eight months old. She gets to be a year. It's like, okay, I'm going to dig in. I'm going to lose this weight. So then what did I go back to the old habits, right? That chicken. Right. And so I did that again for about six months and I lost the weight and I felt great. Oh, I look good again. I feel great. And so that would have been by December of 2013, uh, just heading into 2014. Well, then June 2014, my son was born. <laughs> and so that upsets the thing now because now you got two. And I didn't keep the weight off. The weight all came back plus some. And that was in the, the, night, the following like eight months after that. And so I was like really discouraged and super low spot. And that was combined with professionally in my career, I was in a bad spot. I was a, I was a first year administrator in an elementary school. I still had a year left in my master's degree. We had a brand new newborn at home and a two-year-old. My wife needed my support and I wasn't there and I wasn't getting to the gym and everything fell apart. Back to easy grab and go meals. And it was just like Cam was bulking, quote unquote, again, right? right? And, and so I struggled. And then after that, I was just like, oh, this is so discouraging. I didn't even want to try. And then um, January 2015, went to a health conference with my wife because my wife, while I'm going through this, 
my wife simultaneously is like digging in. She She's feeling lonely on her mat leave, uh, not knowing how to connect with moms, but she's a personal trainer and had done nutrition stuff before. She's like, you know what? I'm going to start a group called K-Fit Mummy. And so she started doing outdoor boot camps for moms. Uh, mom had taught stroller workouts, all these things. And so she's doing this really cool stuff. Meanwhile, she doesn't know about like, I'm feeling terrible because I'm like, oh, she's doing this and I can't keep up. And you know, it was a hard time for me. And so mentally, I was just not in a good spot. I almost quit my job. I was really hating it about Christmas. And Kim's like, hey, Cam, do you want to go to a health and wellness conference in Vegas? I'm like, first weekend, first weekend in January? Yeah, I'll go. I need out. So I go with my wife to this health and con- this health conference. Uh, the keynote speaker's name is Mark McDonald, and so we're there and we watch the keynote. Mark's up there. It's like three thousand people in the audience. Uh, at the end, he's up there. And Mark, for those of you who don't know, like Mark McDonald started Venice Nutrition in the United States in 1999, and he's on HLN every week as their health expert. And he, great man, like great guy. And so uh, anyway, so Mark's the keynote speaker. Everybody's lining up to meet him after, say hi. I said, Kim, why don't you go? Like they had had this loose online connection messages back and forth. Right. Why don't you wait in line and introduce yourself? She's like, look at all the people. I'm like, well, we have nothing else to do. Let's just wait in line. So we get to the front line. I'm like, hey, Mark, my name's Cam Hall. This is my wife, Kim. We're from Lethbridge, Alberta, Canada. And she has a brand called K-Fit Mummy. He's like, whoa, you're K-Fit Mummy? Awesome. I wanted to meet you. Here's my cell phone number. We need to connect on something really exciting. And then he's like, pat me on the arm. He's like, you're a big guy too. What's, <laughs> what's your story? So, and so we talk a little bit. And then so we get back to Lethbridge. Kim reaches out by, by text and he's like, hey, I got this program that I think is going, this book actually coming out that I think you're going to appreciate because it's in your wheelhouse. It's called Why Kids Make You Fat and How to Get Your Body Back. <laughs> I laugh, I'm laughing hysterically because I'm like, what? This is so funny because this is my life. And so, and then Mark's like, I want to talk to Cam. I'm like, okay. So I get on the Zoom with him and he's like, hey, we're going to get you on track, man. I know you're not where you want to be. I can tell in your voice. I can tell this is what I want you to do. And so he literally taught me how to eat in a way that would get my body to where I wanted it to be by not using food as a tool to lose weight, but by using food as fuel so that I could stabilize blood sugar, stabilize hormones, access to our fat as energy. And I'm going to be honest with you when he told me about it, I'm like, whatever, man, this isn't going to work. I go to, I have to go chicken and rice, you know? <laughs> right. so, so I did it. Uh, eight months, loved it. 12 months, uh, sorry, 12, did it eight weeks and loved it. 12 weeks in, I had lost all the weight and was keeping it off easy. I was active, lots of energy, sleeping better. And I was like, I got to share this with other guys. And so that is why I focused on the nutrition side of fighting the dad bod. And that's where that came from. Um, instead of the fitness side, because I think there's a lot of fitness out there because fitness is easy. Right. And there'll be people who are like, fitness isn't easy. You know what? When it, when it comes down to fitness or nutrition, when it comes yeah. down to doing push-ups or getting in the kitchen, when it comes down to doing burpees, which I absolutely hate, but are a great exercise, uh, you've inspired me to do a lot of burpees, Kevin. I gotta <laughs> but burp, when it comes down to doing burpees or grocery shopping, man, I'm choosing the burpees, the push-ups, the workouts every time because that stuff is easy. I just need to go do it. I don't need to give it thought. I don't need to plan it. I just do it. That's why I I focused on the nutrition because I think guys really need help making that work. So what was the sort of like the secret sauce 
that you learned in those eight weeks or 12 weeks that helped you stabilize like your blood sugar and have a lot of energy and actually lose the 28 or even more pounds that you gained for the second baby? Like what, 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 what is it? Is it intermittent fasting? Is it keto? Is it a restricting certain foods from your diet? Is it vegan? Is it plant-based? Is it all meat? What is it? No. So, so what it is, is balancing your blood sugar requires you to intake a balance of proteins, fats, and carbohydrates every three to four hours. Think of a baby. Okay. So we're talking about babies. Maya was born, right? When Maya was born, what happened? She came out, infant. How is she feeding? Well, she's feeding, and any dad who's listening to this knows because it's clockwork, every two and a half, three hours, right? As they get older, it pushes to three to three and a half hours. But it never really gets beyond that three and a half, four, right? It's like that three, three and a half is the money spot for an infant. Right. But then they become a toddler. How, how many times does your toddler come to you? I'm hungry. And you can look at the clock and be like, oh, wait a second. It's like three hours after you ate. Because our metabolism, our bodies are designed to burn fuel in a certain way. Right. So you and I, like, like I don't know how old you are, but I'm just about 40 now. And so my body, just because I'm 40 and not an infant, doesn't mean my body's going to use food differently. Right. Now, I'm going to need more of it. I'm going to eat different options. And I'm not just going to fuel on on, on milk or formula, which let's go back to infants for a moment. They're eating every three hours of what? Breast milk. And breast milk is a balance of proteins, fats, and carbohydrates, right? It's not like cow milk that people drink or almond milk. It's like, it, it's this balance that your body needs. So your body needs that. And so while I didn't believe it when I first tried it, because it sounded too, one, it sounded too simple, Sounded too hokey, like, oh, yeah, every three, whatever. How am I going to make that work? But once I implemented it, I actually like dramatically saw a difference, not only in my weight loss, but my a difference in how alert I was, my energy levels, how I was sleeping. I was encountering things in my job, but was still tough at the time. And I was just responding to stressful situations differently. I was more, I was, my body was performing better on all levels. And so I'm like, man, this is it. And so PFC every three is what I say. Proteins, fats, carbohydrates every three to four hours uh, to stabilize your blood sugar and regulate your hormone levels. So an example, well, let me ask you this then. How, so you're saying people should eat a PFC every three diet more or less, right? <clears throat> that they should have protein, fats, and carbs, a balanced meal of protein, fats, and carbs every three hours. So like some eggs, you know, some oatmeal and an avocado or maybe blueberries or something like that, right? Yeah. Now, how is that different than what you were doing with the chicken, carrots, and rice? Which one might argue is, you know, if there's some if there was any fat on the chicken, there's there's your PFC right there. So you're having six meals of chicken, you know, and carrots or chicken, carrots, and rice, and then you're also advocating for like PFC every three. Like, so what's the difference in your mind? So food quality, and I wasn't eating a balance of proteins, fats, and carbs. So at that time, so okay, chicken breast, that's fine. Chicken breast, that's your lean protein. So I chose lean protein. That means I have to choose a fat and a carb. The carrots would have been a carbohydrate. What I wasn't doing was adding enough fat. Right. And I wasn't getting the vitamins and minerals and nutrients that my body needs because I wasn't eating fruits and vegetables. And I wasn't having non-lean proteins like 
if you're a meat eater, like red meats and salmon and those things, or if you're a vegan, you can do this vegan too and using multiple sources of protein to get your essential amino, your, your amino acids, right? So I was depriving my body of all the fuel that it needs, even though let's, let's say it was like the skeleton of what worked was kind of there. It wasn't, it wasn't fulfilled. Like it, it wasn't rounded. It wasn't nutritious. It was literally starving my body. Yeah. So let me ask you another question then, because I think a lot of the audience is familiar with um, protein, fats, and carbs as macros, right? And so people who listen to this show, who if they're in the CrossFit space uh, or fitness space have definitely heard the phrase macros or if it fits your macros, right? The the idea that like for your body type and your goals, you should have a certain amount of proteins, carbs, and fats throughout the day, like a hundred, yeah, yeah, 180 grams of protein. If that's like how much you weigh, you know, 300 grams of carbs, depending on like your activity level and like 60 to 80 grams of fat, depending on like your, you know, like your, your fat loss, current fat, fat and your, your, your goals. So how is PFC every three different from or similar to counting macros or if it fits your macros? It's similar in that, yes, macronutrients, right? Proteins, fats, and carbohydrates. The only three macronutrients your body needs with vitamins and minerals and water, right? So you need those are your micronutrients. And so your macronutrients, there's only three, proteins, fats, and carbs. The way it differs is this. Let's go back to CrossFit for a second. The if you fits your macros or balancing your macros is often done on a day-by-day basis. Today, I need this in my macros. Today, I need this in my carbs, my proteins per day. And so what you'll see, and here's the thing with CrossFit. The people who are doing CrossFit and do CrossFit well are high-performance athletes who have fine-tuned their nutrition to a point where they're trying to get a desired result from their performance. Right? It's a performance-based diet. So when you're looking at that, it's, oh, I've gotten to 6 o'clock in the evening. I still need to get 200 grams of carbs for my day. I'm going to go crush whatever it is as long as it's a carbohydrate. Yeah, like jelly beans right? or something. Right, just to get that carb in. And so that's, that's where that if it fits your macros come from. I got to hit my macros for the day. Where PFC every three, and what I teach guys is we're going to balance proteins, fats, and carbs every meal because what we're looking for is blood sugar stabilization. The difference between if it fits your macros and PFC every three when it comes to blood sugar stabilization is this. If you picture in your head right now two lines, one above the other with a space in between, and the top line is 120 uh, milligrams per deciliter for blood glucose, and the bottom is 80. And you want to be in between 80 and 120. That's where science has shown us our body performs best is when we're in that balanced blood sugar zone. When you get above 120, you're in a blood sugar spike. When you get below 80, you're in a crash. Okay, so the different macronutrients have different roles to play in maintaining that blood sugar balance. When you eat protein or when you eat carbs, you're going to get a different response. So let's think carbohydrates. You have a heavy carb meal. You have pizza or you go to the movies and you have popcorn and a pop, right? Right. Because if you go to the movies and you don't have popcorn, you're a psychopath, <laughs> right? So, but you go to the movies and you have popcorn or you have a big pizza at a party, whatever it is. Well, there's really high in carbohydrates. And so what that does, there's 
every carbohydrate is broken down into glucose, which your body needs as energy. We need glucose to perform because glucose is turned into ATP. Well, when you have carbohydrates, turns into glucose. Well, when you have a lot of glucose in your bloodstream and you spike above that 120, your body needs to release a hormone called glu- uh, <coughs> insulin, which will, sorry, excuse me, insulin, which will remove glucose from your bloodstream. So when you do that, you remove glucose from your bloodstream, you can store it as body fat. So when we, people who cut carbs and they don't have enough carbs will often have not enough blood sugar. So they'll drop below 80. When you drop below 80 and you're eating a high protein, high fat diet, which is common right now too, mm-hmm. you're below 80, but your body needs ATP and it needs glucose, but it's not getting carbohydrates. So your body releases a hormone called glucagon, which starts to break down muscle fiber and aminos into ATP, right? So it starts to, you start to kind of feed on yourself a little bit. Now you'll lose weight at first, burn a lot of stored fat, but you'll also lose muscle mass. Right. The problem with that is muscle is what runs your metabolism. So once you lose muscle mass, your metabolism slows down and you gain weight. And so that's why a lot of people who will do a ketogenic diet will get amazing results in the beginning. And they're like, this is great. This is fantastic. But then if they ever stop a lot, almost the majority of the people I've worked with, all that weight has come back, right? So the carbohydrates controls that blood sugar spike, right? We want ATP. We balance those carbohydrates. We take protein in, which is going to help balance out that blood sugar spike. And then we have our fats, which is going to help slow down digestion and helps the absorption of the, the nutrients that we need from our proteins, fats, and carbs. So you just mentioned, mentioned having like a pizza, like at a party or something and that spiking carbs. Um, what if I just added chicken to the pizza? <laughs> so when we want to have it, so, and, and you know, my balance right there. Here's the thing, Mr. Pizza. When Ona makes a fresh pizza and I see it on your stories. <laughs> but here's it. Like, we're talking because we know this, right? Like, yeah. like we've been working together and you know what, what the structure is. But when you're having pizza, the balance that we're looking for with the proteins, fats, and carbs, for anyone out there, you can write this down. It's about five. This is typical, right? This is just a typical balance you can start with. Five ounces of protein, five ounces of carbohydrates, one to two ounces of fat. So what does that look like when you're having pizza? Well, it's probably higher in carbohydrates out of balance with your proteins and carbs. Now, if you had a pizza and you put five ounces of carbs, you got your five ounces of carbs in your pizza and your crust and your veggies and everything that's on it. If you can add five ounces of protein to that, which is a chicken breast, right? It's about chicken breast. On one piece, that'd be adding more of the balance. It's still behind fat, probably the pizza, but we're looking for that balance of proteins, fats, and carbs. A pizza so, would be out of balance. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but but it's so delicious. Um, it's delicious. It's one of my favorite <laughs> foods. It's one of my favorite off-plan foods. Absolutely. So that's the thing. You don't have to give these foods up for life. Right, right. Right. You learn the you learn the structures and the strategies so that you can enjoy the foods that you like. And know that you don't have to feel guilty about it. You don't have to feel like it was a quote-unquote cheat meal where the word cheat implies a negative connotation towards food. Right? It's just, hey, I've gone off plan with this meal. I know that three hours from now, I'm jumping back on plan. I'm going to stabilize my blood sugar. I'm going to be good to go. And I think something that – like with working f- with you, something that's, that's – um, 
that's like really stuck for me is the notion of like having it be balanced. And so I find myself oftentimes, even if I'm grabbing a snack, um, maybe that was like sort of like unplanned, I still will make it balanced. So like, it's not just like go grab a handful of almonds, right? Which I used to do all the time, just almonds, um, and think that that was like a healthy snack. And it, it, it is still a healthy snack, but I try to make sure that I still balance it with uh, some protein and some carbohydrates. Like I'll have a protein shake, a banana and some almonds or something like that, you know? And this way, you know, um, I'm just like feeling a little bit more balanced in that regard. Um, can you give like one example of a, for somebody who's like absolutely still confused about it, about, by this, like one perfect meal, like what is one perfect protein? Fat well, let's, 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 look through, let's look through a day, right? A typical day. What it could look like is you wake up and because while you're sleeping, your body's still metabolizing. You, I want you to fuel your body within an hour of waking. So a breakfast within an hour of waking. For me, what that looks like is two scrambled eggs, which is my protein and my fat, right? The fat content in the yolk. So protein, scrambled eggs. And I like two pieces of gluten-free bread. I have toast in the morning. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's what I have. Or I have um, two-thirds of a cup of oatmeal. Or depending if that's too much, and I'll cut it back to a half. Really, if I'm not... Like I have to play with that. Your body's going to react to that differently. But so eggs and oatmeal is a protein, fat, carbohydrate balance. Three hours later, I'll typically dive into a kind of a fruit yogurt bowl, which I'll have Greek yogurt. I have a non-flavored powdered protein that I put into it to bring the protein content up. Greek yogurt's great, has not enough protein to balance out the fat, but it's a great source of healthy fats and protein. But I put a powder, a scoop of non flavored powdered protein in it with berries and you know some hemp hearts and whatever and i mix it up it's fantastic then for lunch it's typically leftovers from the night before so whether it's yeah like we've talked a lot about chicken breast people must think i eat lots of chicken i don't anymore because after my experiences i can only have a couple chicken breasts every couple weeks Um, but let's say we barbecued up some steak so i have steak the next day with some steamed vegetables or maybe it's rice uh, but the steak is a non-lean protein. So it's going to have my proteins and fats because it's a non-lean protein. It's a red meat. And then I have my steamed vegetables or my quinoa or my rice or my mashed potatoes, which is my carb. Mid-afternoon, I'll typically go for a grab and go. So mid-afternoon, three hours later, I'll have a powdered protein shake with an apple and some cashews. So my powdered protein, my apples, my carbohydrate, my cashews are my fat. And then dinner, whatever we make. But that's kind of how we we structure the day. Yeah, I think that's. Uh, thank you so much for sharing that, and I think that's really helpful for people to hear um, to see like what a full day of eating can sort of look like, and see that it's not like totally restrictive uh, or restricting in any way. Um, um, but I did notice that there weren't like handfuls of M and M's or Kit Kats in your in your in your in your meal plan. But we'll talk about that later. Um, another question that I have for you is: you mentioned that. A PFC balanced diet is roughly five ounces of protein, five ounces of carbs, and like one to two ounces of of fat. So, do you recommend people actually like weigh this stuff out? Like, and and if so, like every meal, how long? Like, what, what what's your what are your thoughts about like weighing and tracking? Okay, so step one: if you're just starting off and this is new, all I want you to do is just 
choose a protein, choose a fat, choose a carb. That's all I want to do. So if tomorrow it means one meal, tomorrow is choosing a protein, a fat, and a carb, perfect. If it means two, great. If it means you could do all four or five, so eating every three hours, excellent. So just start there. But then when if you're serious about it and you're dialed in and you want to get hey fine and in tune with how your body feels and performs at its best, like you and I working together, I ask you to track. All my clients who come to me, everybody tracks their food. It's important that you need to weigh and see how much food you're actually eating, not because I think you need to weigh your food for your entire life, but it's good to have a good visual representation of, hey, this is what five or six ounces looks like of chicken breast. This is what five or six ounces looks like of berries. Uh, You'll get to a point if you do it enough that you have this dish in your house that you know five ounces of berries fits in and you just can kind of guesstimate from it. But everybody should start so you can have a visual representation and tracking what you're eating because we can't manage what we don't measure. Like somebody can come to me and say, Cam, I'm not getting the results, but I'm balancing PFC every three. And I could be like, okay, so what did you have? How much did you eat? And like, oh no, I think I had about this much. I said, well, did you measure it? No. Well, I can't help you manage what you're not measuring. Right. And so it gives you a starting point so you can fine tune and get better results. I recommend everybody just start square one, trying to balance their meals. The next step would be to measure five ounces, five ounces, one to two, see how you're feeling, and then go from there. Any tips for somebody like myself who absolutely hates tracking things? Yeah, so we talked about this last <laughs> year. I don't want to do Tetris on my phone. This is yeah. this is what you're telling me. I don't want to get on these apps. We won't name them, but I don't want to get on these apps and feel like I'm doing Tetris on my phone, tracking my macros and tracking my calories. I said, Kevin, all you really need to do is just like keep a note, make a voice memo, whatever you need to do that way to uh, keep track. It doesn't have to be anything elaborate, just something you can go back to if you need to, right? And so if that means going into a... Uh, into a voice memo on your phone, if it means taking a picture of your meal, uh, your plate, and just like making a note on that picture real quick, send a text to yourself. Like these are different ways you can track. You got to find what works for you. Now, if you're working with me, I want to know. So I want to see your food journal. I want you to keep track of it because we're working together. And my role in that relationship is to get you to where you want to be. And my role requires me to look at what you're eating fine tune and help you take the guesswork out of how much should be there. Totally. And speaking of working with you, where can people find you? Uh, fight the dad bod at fight the dad bod on Instagram, Facebook, <clears throat> TikTok, Snapchat. Don't go on. I have those accounts. Don't go on there. I'm not, well, you I'm have not, a TikTok. Oh man. I just downloaded that on Saturday with my kids. Oh, it's hilarious. <laughs> anyway, are you dancing on there or what? Is that? I am not. My children are, and it's all unlisted, so you'll see no posts. Oh, right. um, the number one place to connect with me would be at Fight the Dad Bod on Instagram, um, also on the at Fight the Dad Bod on Facebook, and in the Fight the Dad Bod private community. That's awesome, Kim. Thank you so much for one sharing, just uh, like your story about how you struggled with nutrition, how you struggled with nutrition on the quote unquote healthy end, right? The getting down to 6% body fat by eating just chicken and and, and carrots. But Which then also, yeah, 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 yeah. Like the quote unquote healthy, right? Like <laughs> I have abs, but I'm dying on the inside. Um, and then the other spectrum of like eight months later, my 
kid being born, I'm 28 pounds heavier than I ever thought I would be. And so you that's really. Crazy. That was 235, Kevin. Like that crazy. is way heavier than I'd ever been. <laughs> yeah, that's that's crazy. Um, especially if anybody sees you to, to imagine that you were actually 235. I don't think people would believe it, especially because, again, you know, it's so easy to just look at somebody like, um, you know, like yourself or somebody who's like really fit and be like, oh, they must have always been, or it's always just come natural for them. And, you know, you have your 28 pound gain stories too. Um, so thank you so much for sharing that story, the, the, like the, the ups and the downs of that. And also sharing the, um, like your, the, your principles around PFC every three and what that looks like and like a typical meal plan for somebody to follow. And I think like just having guys start with what you said is just pick one meal a day where you're making sure you have proteins, fats, and carbs. Make it breakfast. Two scrambled eggs with some toast. There you go. Or a couple of egg whites and an avocado and some oatmeal. There you go. Right. Um, and then and can I just say real quick that yeah. if anybody's listening to this and you're like, I just have a question for Cam, or maybe you're questioning it, or maybe you want to call me something, whatever it is, just send me a message. Like I am. I feel that we are called to serve and called to a purpose to help people. And I want to help you. Yes, I coach guys. But if you send me a message and you say, hey, Cam, can you explain this to me? Can you give me an example of a meal? Can you give me some stuff? Like, I'm going to give that to me because I, I want you to succeed in your health. So don't be afraid to jump into the community and just send a message or send me a private message. I'll definitely get back to you. Totally. That's awesome. Thanks for that offer too. All right. Cam from at fight the dad bod on instagram go check it out and i really appreciate you coming on the show today man i appreciate you having me all right i'll talk to you soon all right so there you have it thanks again to cam hall you can find out more about cam at fight the dad bod on instagram or at fight the dad bod.ca and for any other links discussed in our conversation today, head over to dadbodwad.net slash podcast slash 007 to get all the show notes and links from today's episode. All right. Thanks, guys. You're incredible. I hope you enjoyed that show. And if you haven't already subscribed, please do so because next week we're going to be talking with Jared Jordan, a CrossFit seminar staff who's on a mission to become the best coach of coaches. His story of fatherhood isn't the picturesque one that you'd imagine. In fact, he walked out on his family and almost permanently walked away from, from it all. It's an incredible story and I don't want you to miss it. And finally, would you do me a favor and leave this podcast a five-star review? Your reviews help other dads like you find this amazing community that we're all helping to build. All right, guys, until next week, hope you guys are getting after it and fight the dad bot.